Hello and uh, welcome to Cut and Splice. This is Gil. And Matt. And this is Jason. And uh, this time around, we're going to be talking about The Batman. Uh, this uh, came up pretty recently, depending on when this uh, gets posted, <laughs> but uh, probably be for a while. I, I saw it uh, after a little bit, like once it came out on streaming. And uh, I thought it was uh, it was worth a discussion because uh, Matt saw it first, I believe, and and I think your response, Matt, that you you really liked it, and Jason also saw it, I, I believe, liked it as well, and and maybe not as enthusiastically as uh, as Matt, uh, and, and then I watched it, and I felt like between that scene where everybody falls and the obvious comparison that people were making to The Dark Knight. And then we also discussed it briefly with the length episode, talking about oh, run yeah. times, uh, that I felt like it, it might be worthy of a, of a discussion between all those things, um, apart from just the movie itself. I, I think all those things um, maybe hashing out would be uh, interesting. So yeah, maybe we can start there. We can do like a quick review and uh, and and recommendation before getting to spoilers and stuff. Uh, where did it fall for you guys as far as the the obvious comparison? Because a lot of people were saying like, oh, it might possibly be better than The Dark Knight. Um, did either of you feel that it got close? As, as much as you can compare two very different movies? Well, they're not that different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Pretty different. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, one of them is not like Ben Hur, and then the other one's like you know Toy Story or something. It's like yeah. they're both they're both Batman movies. Yeah, it's not a Bug's Life and and Seven Samurai. We the same <laughs> yeah. plot. Those but, are much uh, more comparable. Yeah. Those are much much more comparable. <laughs> but still, a lot of those movies are closer uh, than like the Adam West, Burt Ward, you know, like shark repellent. Batman movie and uh you know uh love that movie the dark knight and everything so uh I did make a comparison right off the bat between <laughs> uh that that was not intended the bat uh, uh, that's uh, uh the Batman and the Dark Knight and uh I made it privately between you guys because and I'm I'm happy that I did because I actually went into this in retrospect and said, it's not really a fair way to judge the movie. I mean, uh, I, okay, what? which movie do you prefer, Batman Begins or Mask of the Phantasm? I mean, they're Mask both, of the Phantasm. Uh, yeah, they're, they're both really fucking good. But they're yeah. also really, really different. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I think that I was wrong to immediately try to make a comparison between the Batman and the Dark Knight. Just because, I mean, again, first of all, we can have the question about which is better, you know, the Mask of the Phantasm or Batman Begins. You know, they all exist in the same universe. I mean, I, I yes, I'm on the side of Mask of the Phantasm, as I, I believe Jason is. Um, but you know, they're they're both really good movies and really hard to uh, directly compare. But when it comes to the Batman and the Dark Knight, I think that what we're really talking about is, like, you know, Christopher Nolan very deliberately said that uh, Michael Mann's film Heat 
was a major influence for his film, The Dark Knight, whereas it's just generally known that David Fincher's film Seven was a major influencer for The Batman. And those are really different movies in a lot of ways. And they and the influences are both they both permeate the those two Batman movies. And it's really clear and they are not the same thing. You can't just put them together and say, well, I, I, I mean, you know, honestly, like I can say that I liked the Batmobile in the Batman better than I liked the Batmobile in uh, the Christopher Nolan series. I, I can just say that personally. I, I really enjoyed that touch. The decisions that they made for the Batmobile in the Batman, uh, yeah, that, that, that was just sexy filmmaking. It looked like a bat out of hell. I actually I didn't know that about the Dark Knight. That that is interesting. I mean, I I guess that's an obvious comparison. Uh, is has that been documented that he was drawing on that, or or it's just uh, your I, assumption? Uh, to my knowledge, he's actually acknowledged uh, inspiration from Heat. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but I I mean the comparisons are undeniable. Yeah. I mean, just like with the Batman, I mean, everybody's been talking about comparisons between Seven and the Batman. Uh, I, you know, so, I didn't make that connection either. I mean, it's like when you say I it. Kind of uh, like more like Saw. <laughs> more like Saw, yeah. I would say somewhere yeah, in between. Yeah, in a way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, not, not that Saw is so far removed from Seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm on the fence about all these uh, comparisons because to me, I mean, Nolan for one thing is definitely his own filmmaker, especially by the time he got to the Dark Knight. So I felt like it was just a very Nolan movie. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, obviously everybody draws from everything they see, so including yeah, real well, life. I think Matt, what essentially you were saying is that while obviously the movies can, are comparable that uh, they were trying to achieve two very different things and they were largely being inspired by two different fields and two different other movies and so on and so forth. Right. And and therefore they can both be very successful at what they're doing without being the same thing. Yeah. And also a praise of one movie is not a diss on another and vice versa. You know, like I think the dark Knight and the Batman are both, really great movies and they're going to they're going to live for a very long time being regarded as uh, a couple of the best in the franchise that's high praise uh what about you jason well for one thing uh i think that we were all totally right and that the movie absolutely needed an intermission yes and also possibly mm. some cutting like it could have been shorter <laughs> i um yeah. this is my opinion but but an intermission for sure yeah yeah um i liked it a lot more than i thought i would i really liked the movie i thought uh robert pattinson was pretty good different for sure going for a real different kind of batman i definitely have some issues with it and some of it's just kind of fan related problems 
Other ones are kind of more like along the lines of just uh, weird choices and stuff like that. But um, overall, I definitely liked it. I just, I don't think that as a movie or as a Batman movie that it's nearly as good as The Dark Knight. I, I would say that it's uh, somewhere between the 1989 um, Tim Burton Batman movie, like as in probably a little bit better than that, and maybe not quite as good as uh, Batman Begins, kind of, somewhere in that range, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's your ranking, pretty much? <clears throat> what, what, what would you put fifth place? Uh, say what now? Uh, what would be your fifth, like if, if those are like the the, the four? Uh, well, if sorry, we're only the, talking about live oh, action. Sorry, three. Movies, oh, four, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that was four. I, I mentioned four different ones. Uh, if we were just talking about live action Batman movies and nothing else, probably we're just talking about feature film. No, <laughs> all right. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. The, the rest are pretty much significantly lower. Um, it, it depends on how I'm feeling that day. If I'm being particularly nice to my nostalgic feelings of seeing Batman forever in theaters as the first Batman movie I ever saw, or if I am acknowledging the horrendous problems with that movie and and then just overlooking all the problems with the dark Knight rises, I guess. I don't know. It's a long answer. Sorry. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Also Batman returns is, is not a terrible, um, movie but it's but it's they're all very flawed like all the rest of them are just flawed i know many people who love batman returns i mean just, just love it to death um yeah i, I like think, denny devito and uh and uh, michelle pfeiffer i i think they're well, I good think choices for those batman, characters for sure for sure um i think that most of the i think all the casting mm-hmm. in that movie is very good actually uh i just i feel like there's something really magical about the the about the first Batman, the 1989 Batman. Um, mm-hmm. And while it's great to see Keaton reprising the role, um, something doesn't work for me. A lot of stuff doesn't work for me with that second one. But um, I don't know. Yeah, they're they're all flawed after after those four. Oh, yeah. Uh... Uh, Gil, you're the only one who hasn't given an overall impression of the movie. So, uh, uh, yeah. So my my take on it is it was interesting because I, I always um, nowadays I see movies in multiple sittings, and it took me like three <laughs> of them for this one, uh, or it might have been two. But in any case, but but the first sitting, the first hour or so, I was like, you know what? This is like absorbing stuff. Like I, I kind of get it. It's it's good stuff. It's not Chinatown good, but like it's it's a good detective story. Um, mm-hmm. I like the the dynamic between like they they really nail the dynamic between uh, Gordon and um, and Batman and all that. Like I like yeah. that stuff. Some things bothered me about the style of it, the way it was shot and the cinematography and stuff. Uh, I just felt like it was too dark. It was the whole thing of like we never show daylight. Basically, everything happens at night, um, until there's like one scene when it's like during the day. Uh, so it's a bit too dark. Like the you know, police investigation of a murder, and it's like pitch black in the room. Come on, like there's gonna be a lot of light in that room if they're like getting fingerprints, you know, taking photos. 
but that's a, that's a side note. Like I felt like they just went too hardcore on the uh, on the style, uh, but it was absorbing. But then I, by the second sitting, I don't know if it went to a third sitting. I did feel like, wow, you know, if I was watching this not episodically with multiple sittings, this would feel very long. Like this, by the end of it, I, by the midway point, I felt like it was a bit lagging. It's a bit too many characters, but not pulling them off as successfully as The Dark Knight did. Mm. Um, there wasn't as much of a forward momentum. It's funny you say Seven. I'm not a big fan of Seven. It's a decent movie, but but I feel like of all of Fincher's movies... It's got a forward momentum issue. It's, it's a bit slow, and and now it makes sense that this drew on it. Uh, it's a bit of a slow burner, and uh, yeah, there's action scenes here and there, but but story-wise, there's not a very strong forward momentum. Um, and, and then the with spoilers later on, we'll get into the um, the specifics there, like plot-wise. So yeah, by the end of it, I was kind of deflated a bit. I said like, you know, it's a solid movie. It's it's definitely probably top four. Like if I had to rank them, it's probably be the the Dark Knight. I would be on the fence. I have a really warm place in my heart for the first Batman. I might actually put it second, and because I just think it's solid for what it was supposed to be, uh, and didn't get too kooky mm-hmm. like the second one. Um, I don't think anybody would fault you for that. Yeah. yeah, and I mean the first one was supposed to be kooky because it was the Joker, but then the second one just went a bit too far, um, and um, yeah, and, and then and then this one, not a bad movie. It's just that it's it's not the best one, and uh, yeah, and then I'm on the fence. I'm not a big Batman Begins fan. It's probably the next one up, and uh, and maybe the fifth one. I guess would be a toss up between uh, yeah the Val Kilmer. Um, what was that? The Forever? Batman Forever. Batman yeah. Forever. A toss-up between that one and, and Batman Returns. Um, maybe someday I'll visit The Dark Knight Rises and, and see if it's not as bad as we all think it is. But yeah, that's that would be my rankings. And and I, and I really think, just to finish my argument about that, is that I, there's no comparison. I think The Dark Knight is a way, way better movie. The, the forward momentum, the um, even though it's flawed with some of his own plot, mm-hmm devices and stuff i think thematically uh, you know pacing wise uh and just in film history like i really think that this movie is not going to have the same place that the dark knight has the dark the dark knight has the uh it's it's in that echelon of like you know t2 these action movies that really just stand apart like they, they really like jump out of their genres to be much more than just an action movie that they just show what is possible to be done with an action movie if it's in the right hands um and then i think the you know some of those movies i mentioned like t2 and dark knight there's a few others not many of them but but i don't think this is one of them uh, i think it's a solid like neo-noir type of batman movie it's not bad in any way like all the 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 campy ones, but by no means like close to perfect. Okay, so I'm still going to put the Dark Knight number one. That's really hard to not do. I mean, there are major plot problems with the Dark Knight and everything like that, but nothing changes the fact that, you know, they dealt with serious philosophical issues. They dealt with 
I, I mean, you know, we had Heath Ledger like knocking everybody's fucking socks off in that movie. Uh, just startlingly ambitious and well-produced visuals. Uh, there's, there's just no way to get around it. That, that was just a, a masterpiece of action filmmaking. Right now, I would put the Batman at number two for me. And uh, we'll we'll get into this a little bit more probably, but I think that there are some actually subtleties, like some philosophical subtleties that a lot of people are missing because of like one line in particular that I'm pretty sure the studio required that they write in there. Uh, but I, I, I think that there are actually some bigger ideas that are actually a little bit more internal and personal in the Batman than we got with any of the other films. Uh, well, movies, because the Batman was shot digitally. I, I, I'm also knocking it down a few points because it was shot digitally. Uh, <laughs> ah, geez, number three, I, I, I gotta go with Burton's 89 Batman. I just grew up on that you know, Danny Elfman's score, the, you know, like I, I, I had that movie memorized when I was a kid. I mean, I just loved that movie so much and there is no way that I'm ever going to shake that. Um, uh, then Batman begins and I need to name a fifth, right? You got to go with nipples at some point, right? No. Um, <laughs> 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 I'll give the Dark Knight Rises credit where it's due. I mean, I was working projection on that for enough time that, you know, just come out and like, so you came back to die with your shit, hey? <laughs> no, I came back to, uh, no, I came back to stop you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, even if you're making fun of it, it's quotable and fun. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I'd probably put the Dark Knight Rises as as the my fifth one since we've been thinking of, I've been thinking about it while you guys were talking about it. It's like I just that's the one that gets so much praise, and I um I literally know people and have had long lengthy conversations with people who hold it higher than the Dark Knight and yes. like, yes, sanity because it is so flawed. I think it is easily. Yeah probably uh nolan's worst film and i mean that's saying a lot because he's basically hasn't made a bad film i i guess when i try to stop thinking about all my complaints about it it's got some really solid stuff in it so um that would probably be my fifth one i guess but again like we we already talked about it it's like they're all after those first four they're all kind of flawed but um yeah yeah, as far as ratings, I actually checked them right now, and it's I'm glad to be consistent because um, the Dark Knight I have a nine, and then I gave a nine to the original Batman, and cool. um, and then I think the Batman I, I would give an eight, uh, so it's not a bad rating. It's just not not a nine. Yeah, and then I think I gave a I I think I gave an eight to Batman Begins, and then the rest of them are like seven, six, and. Uh, whatever <laughs> well what's your ratings for the batman i i think i'd probably do like an eight i'll say an 8.7 
Okay. Am I am I allowed to do that? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Obviously, if, if you choose to, just to, to put a point on it. You don't want to give a nine, but you don't want it to be a low eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a mid eight. <laughs> it's a mid to high eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and and then I think this is the point uh, is that it's not a bad movie by any stretch. And I agree with Matt that there's a lot going on there thematically. And Matt mentioned how he mentioned how I might like it because I, I in the past I've talked about how I want to see a, an adaptation of Batman that's more psychologically driven with yeah. what's going on in his mind. I don't think this is it. Like, I, I, I think some of it is there, but he is not demented enough. Um, I, I don't think they, but, but again, we can get deeper into that. Like, maybe Matt will convince me otherwise. But but yeah, it's 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 good. It's a detective story, which is what Batman is. Um, it was a detective story also in The Dark Knight. So, and this was just a, a very different type of uh, approach to it, tone-wise. Um, but but yeah, if it was a bit shorter, if there was more forward momentum, I don't know. Everybody's saying that there's that action scene, the car sequence is like one of the best chases ever. Come on, it's not even remotely close to the the thing with the semi and the Dark Knight. That's like you know, right. stopping like you know, and flips around and then like he comes around and like and the the Joker stands there like with the with the gun. God, God. Yeah. It's like, come on, that stuff is magical. That's like so story driven, uh, so spectacularly done. Like nothing in the Batman comes close to that. Um, if you want to just I, visuals I, I, alone. I completely agree with you there. And it's not just about getting pretty images on screen. It's about context. It's about performance. It's about uh, the push and pull between the protagonist and the antagonist it's about <laughs> who the fuck is this guy who's just yelling at me come on and hit me <laughs> even though yeah. you know bat even though you know batman can't hear him saying hit me yeah that, I, that, I mean that, that's one of the greatest things that i think flies under the radar of the dark knight i mean it, just because we can hear it so many people assume that Batman can hear it. There is no way that Batman is hearing Joker say, hit me. There is yeah. no way. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it's no, that, that, that is by and far a better action sequence with a better resolution. Yeah. Um, Albeit with a few plot holes. <laughs> but so I guess, yeah. should we get into spoilers? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'll let um, you go first. Um, uh, you said some like uh, some of the, the you know stuff that some people might have missed and and undertones of it. Like, do you want to get into that? Uh, uh, sure. Um, I think that there is an underlying message, but again, I, I again I think it's personal. I, I I think it's more personal than. Uh, and this is where I give it a few points, maybe over the Dark Knight, where most of most of the Dark Knight, I, I, I mean, even the you know the the great uh, the the great last showdown with the Joker with the two boats, you know, basically doing the uh, the prisoner's dilemma thing, you know, like we're dealing with these ph philosophical issues and seeing how they'll play out and, you know, do you believe in this or do you believe in that? And, you know, it's done on such a large scale. Whereas 
I think that the Batman ultimately, since it's dealing with a younger Batman, I mean, obviously, you know, he's more experienced in this Batman than Batman Begins, but it should be clear that these are not connected at all with the Nolan films. This Batman is still really figuring out what his role is. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, the opening monologue in uh, in the Batman, no matter how much I like it, there's no way that you can listen to that monologue and not think back to the coon. <laughs> Which is funny because the monologue, the opening monologue in the coon episode of South Park was actually inspired more from Watchmen than it was from the Dark Knight. But, you know, uh, it's just hard to shake that, right? You know, that there's, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the symbol this town needs, and they think I'm lurking in the dark. I am, I am the shadows and everything. But there's actually really something there. He's talking at the beginning of the movie about he is the shadows. Darkness and fear is a weapon, and I ran into that at the beginning of the movie and like, it, you know, it's this really cool opening sequence, really gorgeously shot, you know, all this chaos going on in the streets and, you know, they're showing you visually, I, I mean, over this voice, uh, over this voiceover, but you know, like, I don't think it really falls into saying it and showing it at the same time specifically that, you know, they see the signal, Holy crap. I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing. And there's a shadow here. And I am convinced that this guy is lurking for me. And, you know, then finally you've got the people at the end of that sequence where he really is there. And it's a haunting sequence and it's really well done and it's tense and it's visually gorgeous. And the score is great and so on and so forth. And the funny thing is, I think by the end of the movie, he realizes that his entire speech at the beginning of the movie is like, holy fuck, I'm the KGB. I, you know, like that I'm always lurking in the shadows, that fear is a weapon, that, you know, you always have to be looking over your shoulders for me. Maybe there's something that I need to temper in my behavior in order to do what I actually want to do. Yeah, I mean that's one of the strong points of the movie that it's, uh, and maybe that's why they, they they brought it up to modern times where we have this justice reform of realizing that criminals are not irredeemable, that they come from some sort of motivation. Like criminals can sometimes be a bunch of idiots following another idiot online. You know, like the 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 character of the Riddler. Um, it's the whole QAnon, you know, the thing, like little undertones going on there. Um, and uh, these are not bad people. They just are completely misguided and they have guns. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he's supposed to be a symbol of good, of justice, but he actually mm -hmm. inspires the opposite. Uh, I think there's been movies where that's been done before. Um, like where the there's like that kind of backs backfires. Um, well, I mean, the Dark Knight did that too. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning of the uh, movie, but, but they mostly try to do good. They didn't try to do 
bad things. Well, like well, well, I, was, I, I was thinking more about like Alfred's whole speech about, you know, uh, you know, the Michael Caine voice about, you know, things were always going to get worse before they got better, you know, uh, uh, you know, in the dark night. But I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but. Oh, um, no, no, no. Yeah, it's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. But, uh, but mm-hmm. I think it's, it's it's interesting what the movie is doing. It was definitely trying to be of the time and and do something different. And it, there's definitely something thematically going going on there. I still think that he's not demented enough as far as like he should almost be as messed up as the Riddler. The Riddler is like completely gone. Should be in asylum. I think Bruce Wayne should be in, a, in an asylum. It's just that he has so much money. And, you know, he's the Batman, so nobody can touch him. Like, he's in this weird limbo of, like, well, I'm sort of the good guy, so nobody's going to come after me. But really, I should also be in an asylum. Like, none of us should be on the streets doing this vigilante thing. Like, that's how bad it should be. And this is not it. Like, he really seems like a, for the most part, well-composed young man who's got a, a plan even though he doesn't have it all figured out and he's still working out the details and still learning. And it'll be interesting what they do with the second movie. Like, how do you approach it and not be a symbol of fear? Like, how can you try yeah. to help a city not with with mm-hmm. intimidation and, and power? And um, yeah, so it's all that stuff is interesting stuff. It's just that, um, yeah, and it was set up really, really well. I just felt like it was a bit... All of it was just a bit too much. It goes back to like the way the look of the movie was too. It was all too dark and uh, and there's too many twists and turns and his relationship to his father and his father being corrupt, the fact that we're all corrupted in some ways. It's all good stuff, but I just felt like it was all of it was just a bit uh, too much and with not enough of a punch, like a gut punch in the end, say like like it was in the dark night. Um, uh, how was uh, yeah. how did you react to it, Jason? Uh, as far as like the uh, uh, sorry, sorry, can I just come in? Oh yeah, go really, go ahead. Really quickly, uh, just because uh, you know, like the whole you know Batman should be fucking nuts thing, I don't re- I don't recall exactly what I said to you, but I was just saying that I, I mean my intent was to just kind of say in terms of like your spectrum of having a Batman who's not really mentally focused and there and you know like he might be mentally focused in terms of well i'm going to solve this crime but he he's probably got some real shit going on down there and uh, that this is a movie that actually pushed in that direction i i i mean i i'm with you gil in terms of saying like you know Honestly, after the Dark Knight trilogy ended, when I was thinking about my Batman movies, I was thinking about hard R-rated, you know, like, Batman is, like, busting people's skulls open, and then Clayface comes out, or something like that. Like, let's just go all full bore that way. Uh, But you're not going to get $150 million to make that movie. I I I wasn't saying that this was your vision of Batman. I was just saying that it was a little bit closer. Oh, it's getting closer. Yeah. yeah. No, no, for sure. I mean, it's uh, it was different, uh, and yeah. anything that's different will be potentially closer. But uh, and who's to say? I'm not saying that my way is the correct way. It's just that that's the way I'm perceiving 
the character. Yeah. Like the character is really messed up. Like this whole thing is because nobody actually has powers. These are just people. They're not superheroes, really. Right. They live in the real world, except for like I guess Superman's supposed to be in the same universe, but mm-hmm. but they really have they none of this should be going on. And Batman never really helps the situation. And it seems like the just the fact that he's there, that's why there's supervillains, because they're a reaction to him. Um, so all that is good, because like they, they touch on that in this movie, that he's basically created the Riddler. Um, so, you know, and what do you do about that? It's, it's one of those, it, it's sort of like Man of Steel. <laughs> you know, it's uh, like as long, if it sets up the second movie to be something, I, I think they can do something very unique with the next movie of like, how does Batman uh, like once he realizes that he really is not doing good by just intimidating criminals, like so, what's next? And that could be an interesting. I, I think a better movie than this one. Uh, but we'll see. Um, you know, if they make it, um, okay. What, what it's gonna be? <laughs> oh, uh, okay, Jason. Sorry, I cut you off. It's fine. I don't know really where to start. In terms of what you were just talking about, I agree with you that. In general, there's things about this movie that were just like a little too dark uh, and didn't need to be like it, it didn't achieve. I, I don't know. I don't want to get too into that. It's not really that important. But um, the I do feel like this is a movie that my feelings for it w- will hinge largely on where it goes with the next film. Because I can see this as a really really good first installment if they go in the right direction with the next movie um if they kind of double down i think that it's going to retroactively hurt this film i think that this movie i think it's pretty clear really i mean you know i love the opening monologue or the opening scene you guys discussed where you're seeing the bat signal and you're seeing the, the people committing crimes seeing the bat signal and then it's showing what effect he's had on the city in a couple of years he's been doing this and how he's striking fear into the criminals uh, with his actions. And that's great. But then in the very next scene that the, the Matt described, when Batman sh- steps out of the shadows and he beats the crap out of a whole bunch of like a whole gang of people in a subway terminal and saves an innocent man who was being, who was about to get killed. Um, he reaches for that man. And the guy is equally as terrified of Batman as he is the people who were about to kill him. And that's kind of the movie in a nutshell is him realizing that um, as Gil talked about too. Yes. Some of the things he's doing is kind of causing some of these other people like the Riddler to start doing things as well. But, uh, I mean, that's kind of a weird interpretation of it. Yes, I, I think there is some cause and effect there, but it's not like it's his fault or anything. It's just that in this movie, he realizes that being this image, this symbol of vengeance, which is what he calls himself. It's one of my other problems with the movie. That he, yeah. he like literally calls himself vengeance. It's very annoying. And he does it so much that the, the the penguin actually casually refers to him as vengeance, which is really mm-hmm. dumb. But anyway, whatever. Um, the point is that by the end of the movie, 
he realizes that he needs to simultaneously be an uplifting symbol for the, the rest of society, as well as being a symbol that, that strikes fear into, uh, you know, into the, the villains. And so he needs to be more heroic and stuff, which is why it's great at the end when he is lifting people out of the, you know, the wreckage and stuff like that and, and bringing people to safety. It's the only moment where he really looks heroic in the entire movie, really. If they continue on that path and, like what the the mayoral candidate said to Bruce Wayne in the one or two scenes where he's actually Bruce Wayne in this movie, mm-hmm. um, where she says, your parents did so much more uh, philanthropic work than you ever do. Maybe you could really make a big difference with your money and so on and so forth. It's so frustrating and so annoying in this movie to see Batman like not wanting to ever be Bruce Wayne. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I, I think the Batman of the comic books actually doesn't like to be Bruce Wayne that much. I think he prefers being Batman, but that doesn't change the fact that, like, you know, obviously <laughs> there's just a part of him that needs to be present as a person, you know, other than Batman. But um, I think if in the next movie we see him, the whole movie, not just him, like the movie should reflect this, the overall tone, theme, everything the light the lighting everything visually with this movie should reflect that he should be bruce wayne much more in the next movie and he should learn that he can do just so long as batman is there keeping the crime below a certain threshold in gotham then his influence as bruce wayne as a billionaire you know uh who's there to help with charitable things he can do so much more with that persona than he ever could as Batman in order to help people so long as they are in a city that's safe enough to live in. Um, if that's where the next movie goes and then the third movie takes it even further into another direction, that will be that will make this into one of the greatest like first movies. They've uh, This will be a great first installment in a trilogy if that's where they end up going with it. If in the next movie it's just equally as dark and there doesn't seem to be any sort of like lesson learned or anything like that, and he's still running around calling himself vengeance, then this movie will retroactively be worse. Oh, no. I mean, if he ever opens his mouth in the subsequent films and calls himself vengeance, it's going to be a complete miss. It's going to be a complete Disney Star Wars level of clusterfuck. Uh, right. So yeah, uh, they 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 should not do that. And I I would like to believe that most of the people involved are not stupid enough to do that. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy isn't involved, so. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that's my overall take: is that I yeah. really liked it. I just there's a lot. There's a whole bunch of stuff in it that really annoys me. But as a whole, it's mostly just kind of little annoying things where it's like, gosh, I wish they had done it this way instead of this way. But like, it's good. It's really good. Mm. The performances are excellent. Like almost everybody. Yeah. yeah. No, they're good uh, for sure. Yeah. And um, Colin Farrell's really great. Yeah. Colin Farrell is good. I, actually, uh, it's, <laughs> I, I, oh, sorry, Gil, you can go. No, ahead. Go ahead. Just no, go ahead. Okay. So. <laughs> Actually, uh, upon second viewing, uh, 
I mean, no matter how much I love Colin Farrell in this movie and how great the makeup was on him and how great, well, I mean, I shouldn't put the makeup above the performance. I mean, he really owned the performance. He was great. He was great. And it just bothered me that that's actually a role in the movie that, I mean, you could have just lifted him out, cut the movie by like 15 pages, gotten the same information across, and it would have been the same movie. Yeah, that's um, that's a good editing point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a bit too many characters, even though it's a good performance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, really, all they got from him was, uh, you know, the Gordon and Batman not speaking Spanish well enough to get the uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, the Riddler's, uh, oh. Uh, oh. Uh, oh. you know, say. And I mean, come on, you could have figured that out much easier and uh, I, I mean yeah uh, well then there's no reason for the batmobile chase sequence and and that's all you got out of it <laughs> you know so yeah there there uh, i mean th- th- that is a glaring uh, I, I it's a glaring problem just in terms of not being terse in your your screenwriting and uh not being efficient but you know, you got a cool action sequence out of it, and you got a cool performance out of it, and I think we all enjoyed it. And I, yeah, I needed to go pee once during, huh? That that scene you talked about, where they've got the penguin there, and they're kind of like interrogating him, and yeah, the El Rata La Rata scene. Yeah, that's like one of my, easily one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, no, it's a good scene. It's well performed, like across the board, and it's. Really well, cool. I was going for it. That is uh, one of my other major frustrations with this movie. I think one of the biggest problems with this movie as a whole, really, actually, is that there's almost no levity in this movie at all. I mean, you can make a movie as dark as you want it to be, but I mean, like you can, and, and as serious as you want it to be, but, and you can still find places to put levity in it <laughs> compared like the Nolan trilogy as a whole to like any to the 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 two batman movies that came before which were super bright and colorful and and silly and campy and you know i mean they are were a huge turn to the very dark side of things the very realistic side of things and yet those movies are full of levity they don't have jokey jokes but like you just have like alfred and sometimes lucius in a room with christian bale's batman and he, they're just kind of like reacting the same way that we would as normal human beings to the the ridiculous nature of what's happening in front of them and it's funny you know they'll just get a quick little witty line in here and there and it's funny you know i mean like that's how you do it you just you put levity into a movie and it doesn't have to make it not dark it just makes it just adds levity and lets you breathe a little bit this movie has like <laughs> none of that like practically nothing Everybody and his or her mother laughed at the thumb drive moment. Like when he, when they, he had the oh, thumb, thumb attached drive. to the thumb I drive. Come on. Yeah, it was funny. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it had yeah, a little I mean, bit, but it's definitely. Dark, but <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'll tell you the scene that I laughed out loud so hard in this movie 
was because like and I, I I don't think it's that funny, but it's just like I said, the movie is like it, it is so without levity throughout almost all of it. So it's like the moment when we were talking about you get this incredible, well, very good uh, chase sequence, incredible visuals is what I should say. Um, very decent chase sequence, um, you know, uh, and yeah. It's a little disturbing that Batman didn't even try to save any of those truckers who obviously yeah. died. But whatever, that's <laughs> um, it, it's a it's an incredible. I forgive it because of the visual, the visual mm-hmm. that follows that fireball and the it's so good. But anyway, so that music is just like dun dun. It's just like so crazy, and then suddenly we've got Colin Farrell up against the big cement pillar. And they've cuffed his feet. They've shackled his feet. They've cuffed his hands in front of him. And Gordon's there. And he starts, he's being the penguin. He's he's actually being this version of the penguin, which is kind of also another problem I have, but I'll get into that later. But like, he says a bunch of good lines. He's like, what is this uh, uh, good cop and bat cop or something like that? And then he starts like, you know, insulting them left and right. And they're kind of like accusing him of their their whole thing. They go through their whole spiel. He insults them and, and, and belittles them for not knowing the Spanish stuff, things like that. But after all of that, forget all that stuff. It's a good scene. It's a lot of great back and forth. But the greatest moment is when they ditch him. They run to their cars. And they start driving away and he's like, what are you going to do? You're going to leave me here. And you get to see Colin Farrell as the penguin wearing a tuxedo waddling. Yeah. (laughs) That was hilariously funny. That was the funniest moment in this whole movie, because not only is this movie lacking levity, one of my biggest problems with this movie is it's lacking any theming with the characters, visual theming. Catwoman is barely cat-like at all. She collects cats. She wears a little thing on her head that happens to have some little pointy things that kind of give her cat ears for one scene. Uh, Batman is fine. Don't forget about Batman. He's, he's just fine. But in terms of his theming, but like penguin, we get to see his office. There's no penguin stuff in there. There's nothing that resembles penguin. Nothing. Nothing. He's not penguin at all, except for in that one scene. And then the Riddler is barely the like he's more jigsaw from the jig from the saw. <laughs> yeah. He is <laughs> the Riddler. He he leaves riddles, but they're not very riddle-like. I mean, he's just barely the Riddler. And I just it it's frustrating that there's so little visual theming and and character theming in this thing at all. But, uh, you know, that that moment, that was beautiful where we got to see him just kind of, you know, if he had done the wah, 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 that would be even better. But he's not going to, you know, he's, he's no Burgess Meredith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely the Riddler didn't need to be a Jim Carrey type of jokey. No. But, but, but it could have been like there could have been so much levity in the riddles and, and his and his. Uh, masterminding of the whole thing like some sense of humor i kind of forgive the riddler just because i feel like the one of the other best scenes in the movie is the scene with him in arkham when when they you know huge spoiler obviously but when they reveal like when he he literally says the bruce wayne thing and and you know batman's just kind of silent there realizing looking at the cameras and everything and realizing like oh shoot the jig is up and all this stuff, they even kind of 
hinted at it like ahead of time saying the unmasking thing and him telling Gordon, maybe this whole Batman thing's about to be over. And he goes and talks to the Riddler and for so long, he's talking and talking and talking and you think he's spilling the beans. And then he says that thing about like, we missed him. We almost got everybody, but we missed him. And you just suddenly you with Batman simultaneously take this deep breath and just go, Oh my God, he doesn't know. He thinks he yeah. knew, but he doesn't know. Like, I, and then following that up, when Batman calls him a crazy lunatic, what, what, Paul Dano, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's some of the best Paul Dano I've seen in a while. Because Paul Dano kind of goes all over the place. He's got great, and he's got kind of mediocre, and he's got great, but whatever. But like, when he just gets up and just starts going, no, no, like I, I really forgive a lot of his character in that performance and that scene. I like that scene a lot just because it just just carries so much weight. It's just like, yes, it's the whole like linchpin of the movie right here. It kind of reminded me of uh, it's funny because I just saw it this evening, I think, on uh, on YouTube with my kids. But uh, it's the scene in the Batman Lego movie <laughs> where, oh. where the Joker like you know, yeah. tell him, I'm like, I'm, I'm your favorite like bad guy. Yeah, like, I'm bad guy. Like and he's that. like. You are nothing to me. <laughs> I, I don't do ships. I don't do the relationships. <laughs> and like the Joker is just like feels dumped <laughs> in that moment. That it's like not mutual. Underrated movie. That's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's super very funny for sure. The, the that that movie. But but that's the thing. I, I think in in, in satirizing the character i think they hit on a lot of truths about the villains and batman like that that's the kind of stuff that you I need to bring it to these serious movies but just do it toned down so it's not completely absurd but that's that's that level of absurdity that needs to be here um and one other thing i was going to say about the the dark knight as far as humor the joker as demented as he was was funny like he wasn't yeah. funny all the time, but there's yeah. those moments like the when he makes the the pencil disappear, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and he's got the whole thing of like, well, when he walks into the room, he's like, ha 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 ha, like he does the whole like weird laughing thing that keeps on going and going forever. It's like, it's so great. yeah, it's just a a stellar performance. I mean, as much as people say that. You know the uh, the Joaquin Phoenix thing was interesting in its own way. Uh, I really feel like for a comic book movie, uh, yeah, and people have been saying it for a while now. I, I I do think that it's probably the greatest portrayal of a villain in a movie ever. Like top Darth Vader. I I never even understood why Darth Vader was that. Like everybody's making a fuss now because he's back in uh, in the Kenobi show but it's like so what he's just like a a suit with a helmet like i you know to, to me actually the, the emperor was always much scarier when i was a kid than 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 darth vader but but something about the joker is just so demented but humorous and 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 so chaotic uh, i don't think there's been a villain and maybe sugar and no country those are like probably like top two villains yeah yeah but heath ledger just did something with that that uh it is i i really do not envy barry kagan 
if they keep going with uh, his Joker role in this new uh, series, trying to step into those shoes. I, I, but I mean, everybody said the same thing about Jack Nicholson, but <laughs> Barry Kagan is seven years younger than I am. And I mean, you, you think about the fact that the brief allusion to the Joker is played by uh, the kid from Dunkirk. You yeah. Know, I, that's a huge step. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, you never know. Like, uh, like, like the way it was with Heath Ledger. A lot of people did really were very surprised by it and and thought it wasn't the right fit. So, oh, I thought it was a terrible decision. Yeah. So <laughs> you you really just never know. And, and yes, like just like this movie, uh, he's might not top the Joker performance, just like Joaquin didn't. But but that's why it's important to just focus on doing your own thing. I think that's what Matt Reeves did with this movie. I think that's what. Joaquin Phoenix mm. did with his portrayal. Like, that's really all you can do and hope that people appreciate it for what it is. Like, obviously, the yeah. Heath Ledger performance was not the Jack Nicholson one. It's iconic in its own way, but if I have to just objectively say which was the better villain in a movie, is it's the, the Dark Knight one. But, but it's not to say that the Nicholson performance wasn't iconic. It was still a very good performance. Yeah, it's just that I, 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 I mean, I think that we're also dealing, especially at some point, we're dealing with different eras, we're dealing with uh, different tastes, we're dealing with, uh, you know, I, I mean, the Jack Nicholson Joker is iconic in part because it's timeless, but also in part because it was late 80s. I think that the Joaquin Phoenix performance is. I, I I don't know. I don't know if the Joaquin Phoenix is going to go down as iconic. It is really good. Like, don't get me wrong. He knocked that out of the fucking park. And he deserved that Oscar. I just wish he didn't give that fucking speech. Uh, but... By the way, I, I think just today I saw a post on Facebook or something that they they announced the, the second uh, yeah, one. Yeah, that, that's really, yeah. Second joke. Um, so. Lame. <laughs> Uh, Jason's got some problems with that movie. Yeah, that I, I, I that movie seemed pretty self-contained, and I and, and I mean, and if that's if that's true, then uh, DC is going polar opposite from MCU, and like, hey, we tried to integrate everything, just like the MCU did so successfully, and we failed. So how about this? How about we'll have a joker over here and a joker over there. And we'll just like, let everybody know that these are two entirely different jokers and two entirely different universes. But that's, that's just... the thing. I, I actually like that a lot. And maybe yeah. Jason could respond to this because he's a big MCU fan, but that makes so much sense. Oh, you're a big comic book fan. Sorry. Sorry. But, but basically, even though there's some differences between MCU movies, um, it's the movies. It's not TV. Mm. These are supposed to be standalone mm. trilogies or standalone movies that are in the in the superhero comic book, like inspired by. But that way, what what the DC is doing is 
if if you want the taxi driver version of the Joker, you watch that movie. If you want the uh, you know, if you want the the comic book um, superhero version of it, you watch. You know, hopefully, if the Joker shows up on the next the Batman movie, it's it's catering to everybody, and it's saying like you know we're not gonna make the the second Joker for. $200 million, but like it'll be made for $80 million, $70 million, and it'll probably make the money back because even though it won't be an action movie, it'll be an, an interesting exploration of the psychology of these characters, and it will cater more towards, you know, a more adult audience, maybe movie buffs that are yeah. just a bit you know, no longer into the action scene every 10 minutes. You know, it's it's just catering to everybody. Whereas the MCU is like, no, it's just one thing. It's always going to be action oriented. There's always going to be humor. It's always going to be brightly lit. You know, and we're not going to deviate yeah. by that too much because we know our audience. It's it's like a TV show. Like you know, you you'll bring other DPs and other directors, but it's all pretty much going to look the same because it needs to look like another episode in the show. Like you can't deviate too much from it because we've built an audience for it. So and I like. Yeah, the Warner Brothers DC approach because then it's more of a menu, and every gets everybody gets to pick whichever movies they want to watch, and they don't have to be forced into thirty six movies because they don't have context if they haven't seen every single one of them. I I, I mean I I was more saying that I I'm excited to see how this plays out rather than taking a hard line, but yeah I, yeah, I yeah. really I I really hated what the what the MCU has been doing for. Very many years. I, I mean, I've really hated what Disney has been doing for the last several years. But yeah, I mean, maybe DC will come in and uh, uh, disrupt the market, and that'll make things better. You never yeah. know. It's all gonna be just content out there, and people will watch whatever they want to watch. Yes, yeah, so I guess. Was there anything else we? Uh... I needed to say about the movie because I think we kind of veered off <laughs> in a different direction. Let me let me just throw out a few really stupid things here, but, but like just because I, I talked about a lot of the stuff I loved, you know, and and uh, I agree with Matt that the Batmobile looks really awesome. I, I hope that in the next one it's got a few more fun things th that they can do for another car chase or something like that. But um, but a few just negative things, and I'm just going to spit all this out there because it's not really whatever but um i don't know why they would expect anybody to believe that it, after the bombing scene they would wait at all to unmask batman i think that a paramedic would just see it as necessary thing to do to pull that mask off of him just for health reasons but whatever um that's just kind of nitpicking yeah but um especially when we're talking about something like this like batman um another good comparison would be like spider-man um, maybe to a lesser extent, um, Superman, but where there's where we have decades of movies and multiple installments that have been tried over time, you know, it feels weird when you see a new one come out and you see them backpedal, like you see them take a bad step because you kind of feel like, hey, we figured that out already. All you have to do is work off of what your previous predecessors have done and do the do it right the way they did, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um I feel like it's really odd that this movie doesn't have Lucius in it. Uh, in the comic books, Bruce Wayne has a guy named Lucius Fox, who's uh, uh, a, a black guy who runs like almost like a CEO type guy who runs Wayne Enterprises. 
it makes perfect sense. You know, Bruce Wayne is spending most of his nights as Batman, his days sleeping and as Bruce Wayne. He does not have time to be the also be like the CEO of a major company. And they, you know, like you got to have somebody running that stuff. That's what Lucius does. And he's a great character. Uh, and he's an important character in that sense because it brings a lot of realism, you know, to the story. And in the Nolan trilogy, that was the first time they brought that character, you know, from the comics into you know, like into a live action, you know, thing that makes sense, you know. And now in a world that we're in now where we're trying to like do change the race of as many different characters as possible to, to like force diversity into these films. It's like, why do you not have Lucius Fox in this movie? You know, like we've got Al Gordon's black now. That's my whole point. You don't need to change <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. race. Anyway, whatever. I, I don't, I don't like, by the way, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Wright was awesome in this movie, yes. but. Um, yes, he was. My point is, here's a character that is in the comic books, is a minority character, is a great character, and is a character that actually has a very important part in in creating a realistic feel to this movie because it's like, you know, Alfred is doing his thing and 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 assisting Batman and all this stuff like that. It's not like he has time to run Wayne Enterprises either. This is a slam dunk character. You've got to put this character in there. And it's so dumb that he's not in it. Especially but, in a, uh, a three-hour movie. <laughs> in a three-hour movie, yes. And, and so that that's annoying to me. Um, but and then uh, also on a whole other thing, um, what on earth? I, I don't know what the hell they were thinking with the stupid contact lens camera. I mean, what century is this supposed to be taking place in? When Val Kilmer's Batman back in like, what is that, 95, 96, something like that, whatever that was when that movie came, I think it was 95. When Batman Forever came out, it was more realistic then that you could create a suit with like echolocation in the, in the Batman cowl, you know, in 95 than it is today to think that you could have a, a camera in a contact lens that's transparent, wireless, and broadcasting a signal to somebody through a building miles away or whatever, <laughs> a block away even, or whatever. And then the audacity that this thing somehow has the battery life to be running days later when she needs to signal him and she puts a sign in front of it in her apartment so he can read the sign. What are we doing? This isn't like Star Trek okay, that, or something. Yeah, like, yeah, that, that that's actually a strangely a good point that I overlooked. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so, so a good friend of mine mentioned that they they probably did that because there's kind of a theme in this movie about like first person point of view kind of thing and watching people. Yeah, which is very true and it's very present. You see it be like you see the kind of like uh comparison they do with the Riddler watching people from across the street, Batman watching people from across the street, lots of binocular scenes, lots of stuff like that. And I love all that. It's very well done and very good, but just give me a sense of realism here. She's in a dark nightclub where it's loud and obnoxious and whatever. And he's got this cool bat suit and they're, they, they kind of wanted to do whatever they could to make it different from the previous Batman if you want to do this, give him a little camera that's like the size of a little thimble or something, you know, like, like a little one inch cylinder that's really tiny, like the size of a little like a triple A battery 
that's like mounted on his little cowl next to his eye or something. Give him something like that 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 he uses to replay his you know uh, he replays his little crime scene investigation to himself in the Batcave. You know, like if he needs to give her something, he gives her the little earphones, which makes sense because we have that technology. But then mm-hmm. you know she's got stuff like she's putting on her ear, give her like an earring or something. That's like the size of a pea. at least give it some sort of three dimension to it. that We can kind of go, eh, it's plausible. I believe it, whatever. A contact lens, a contact lens. I'm sorry, but no, just no, on no, no way. Nah, uh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, this does not yeah. hurt the movie in any way, shape, or form. Just felt like throwing it out there. No, no. Well, I mean, it hurts it. It hurts it in oh, the way that you oh, actually needed to. Yeah. To me, that's the equivalent of like having a, a murder scene with like zero lights. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, that, that's, that's just. That's a good point, actually, that if there's one scene in this movie where it's going to be like really well lit, it would be when the cops have shown up and are trying to find clues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's like what people used to say about a house or ER. It's like, what the what the fuck is wrong with the lighting in these hospitals? <laughs> like that it's so dark. You know, a hospital is supposed to be very brightly lit. But, you know, but in obviously house it's a drama. I guess there were. I'm trying to think of all the scenes I've seen in house. I guess there were a few scenes that were kind of pretty dark. Huh? I mean, even ER is, is not that dramatically lit. But yes, it, it's not as fluorescent likely lit as it should be. Like, for example, some newsrooms in, in some movies will be pretty brightly lit because that's what newsroom looks like. So so they they don't overly dramatize the lighting there just to make it seem realistic. So so, yeah, I think they went a bit overboard. I think it was a bit too one tone. Um, yeah, for me, with the with the with the tone of the movie and the and the lighting, and and hopefully, like we said, maybe in the next movie, there's going to be more of a balance between dark and light. That maybe he realizes he does he's not only a vengeance or a dark knight. He shouldn't be vengeance at all. Yeah. Um, uh, that he should be a a, a, a a white knight, just like the um, the Two Face was, and uh, <laughs> and the Dark Knight. That like he's supposed to be a white knight by day, Bruce Wayne, and a dark night by night that would be a, an interesting movie and trying to yeah. find that balance uh, so so if i if i just may interject about the lighting uh complaints and everything first of all i think this movie looked fucking fantastic it's a bit too dark but the, it was borderline okay. the godfather like they, yeah. they went full godfather there like but but not yeah but not not nearly as good <laughs> i mean i like but, the i like uh, greg frazier and everything i'm just saying i don't know i i Maybe if some crime scene investigator listens to this at some point, or we have somebody in our friend lists or somebody who goes into murder scenes where they're taking, uh, you know, photographs of, of the scene. I mean, to my recollection, they were using flash, right. When they were photographing the wounds and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I so I I mean, are we supposed to believe that they would risk contaminating the scene by bringing in a bunch of work lights? No, and, no, it's not that. But I, I'm just I, saying I mean, that like, overall, <laughs> that movies are supposed to have uh, it's a roller coaster visually, uh, pacing wise, and, and I felt like this was one note 
always dark, except for the one yeah. scene that was during the day, the uh, funeral, which was also kind of dark, especially once they got into the church. It was a bit too one note for me. Um, so that, yeah. that's that's the only thing uh, I would say I, about. I can agree with you on that. I mean, I, I mean, really, from that perspective, it's kind of actually darker than Seven and it a is. few of yeah. those other movies. Uh, and before I forget, by the way, the the Godfather. There is also uh, I, I I got a hint of the music being very similar to the mm. Godfather too. I don't know if you oh. noticed that. Like some of the 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 themes, like kind of sounded like uh, yeah the same the same score. But yeah, well, you have know. a much better ear than I do. But uh, yeah, all right. I don't I don't think this hurts the movie in any way, but I just thought it was worth mentioning. Um, I, you know, they're they're going for a very different Batman with this movie. But, you know, I, I don't think there's any question when you see them, especially outside of the bat suit, when you see them walking around and everything. I mean, I think Christian Bale or Michael Keaton would kick the crap out of this Batman. <laughs> OK, it's uh, well taken, especially uh, I think uh, definitely showed um in uh, in the dark night how he got to where he was like the 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 amount of shit he goes through in batman begins to to be as skillful as he is yeah you definitely buy it in the dark night that he's uh very skillful with that history yeah yeah and affleck has a, a has a workout scene in his movie that's half his cool well i guess we'll see what happens with the next one <laughs> Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a good one. I mean, I you know we're we're giving this movie a bit of a hard time, but it's we still gave it an eight, all of us. So, mad close to a nine. As long as they go in the right direction, this movie will be remembered by me at least as being very good. I would love to see the third one go even further, and like really piss off a bunch of fans. You know, there's this like huge following of people who love Zack Snyder for how. I'm doing air quotes right now. Dark and gritty. His his uh his you know his Batman and his Superman are, and it's like I would they all loved this movie because it was air quotes dark and gritty, you know. And I would just love to see them all feel so like completely abandoned when his next movie gets lighter, and then when he the the next one beyond that even gets even more lighter. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully that's what they're going for. And hopefully they'll still surprise us. I would love to see like a psychological journey with that, that this Batman goes on and then like actually somehow find some magical way for them to like justify him actually having a Robin, which would just be a weird thing to see in, in you know, in this universe they've created. But it'd be kind of cool to see that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, ultimately Batman, I mean, you know, originally was fairly campy <laughs> so, well yeah. i love the adam west ones <laughs> yeah I, I love those i mean obviously that would be too much now but no, okay. uh, we, we don't want to go that far not that far <laughs> but but you see the batman lego movie i'm telling you there, there's gonna be at some point a live action version that's gonna be somewhere between the adam west and uh, and what this is <laughs> yeah. at some point somebody's gonna do that that movie's so great